Hey everybody, welcome back to the Tapped In Beer Cast. I'm Dave Morales, and today I'm proud to bring you a special treat. It took a while, but one of the people I wanted to have on from the very beginning was a guy a lot of you know. The Wookiee, the goalie, the brewer extraordinaire, Skip Madsen. It took a while, I know, but uh, but last year or so, he's been down in Baja, and the interwebs and timing just wouldn't cooperate for a solid Zoom connection. But now that he's back in the States, we celebrated the 4th of July by sitting down virtually and having a long overdue chat. As with all of these chats these days, life was going on while recording was happening, but that's just part of the charm, right? But hey, enough of my yakking. Let's boogie. I guess uh, we should say first off, you are Skip Madsen, a, a brewing legend in, in Washington State. <laughs> Um, and I guess, uh, first off, welcome to retirement because you are yeah. retired now, correct? Thank you. I am retired officially. <laughs> nice. Got a drink in hand and ribs on the grill on this. Uh, today is the 4th of July. 4th of July. Happy, happy right. freedom day. Yeah. Uh, so you, you've been at the whole brewing thing for a long time. I mean, we've known each other since 96. Uh, when we right, met at the exactly. Pike and that doesn't seem pike. like that long ago, but that was, that was long ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, you... <laughs> I know that it culminated down in Palm Desert at uh, La Quinta Brewing, but let's let's start at the beginning, which, if I recall, was Colorado or was it Montana where you I first got Mon- the bug? Well, Montana was kind of my start. So yeah. if you're going back to the beginning, I just started home brewing in Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, a buddy of mine, Dave, who played on the hockey team mm-hmm. with me, and... Uh, he was a painter also, and I was doing some painting houses and stuff. So we hit it off pretty good, and he liked to drink beer. He'd bring in all these like German beers and things. And I went to his house, and uh, he's like, hey, I made some beer. I was like, you did? He's like, yeah, you want to try it? So I tried some of his beer. I said, hey, this is pretty good. You know, he's like, yeah, it's pretty easy. It's you know, you can go down to Warden's Market and you can buy the ingredients. And this is in Bozeman or Missoula? No, this is Missoula. Missoula, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, all right, that sounds pretty good. I think I'll start. And uh, so I started, and, you know, I did an extract beer and it turned out okay, but it wasn't quite right. So I did another one, like a stout. I started with an amber, then I just stout. Stout came out all right. And I thought, well, I started reading about all grain beer and things like that. And so I found out I can get grain. I bought myself a little grinder <laughs> and, uh, you know, started grinding it like grain. So I did a half extract, half grain thing with a bag. And then, then I decided to go full grain. It's like, forget this, you know, forget the extract. Learned it up and just going for it. And yeah. that's how I started in the Came out with some all right beers, pretty good ales and stuff. Enough and, to keep uh, you going. <laughs> and we started Homebrew Club. I joined the Homebrew Club. And, you know, one of the guys was uh, assistant brewer from Bayern Brewery from Jurgen. So got to know him and then got to go down, know Jurgen. And uh, so. You know, I started picking his head about beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how do you do this? How do you do that? <laughs> Things like that. He's very helpful. And he came to our meetings and, nice. you know, helped us out. And then uh, his wife, Tammy, wanted uh, the place painted because they, they're opening up brew pub and stuff. So helped me paint the brewery <laughs> for right. beer. Yeah, because you, yeah, you painted for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. So then I became the president of the Home Brewing Club. And, but then it was time to move to Fort Collins. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I used to get this thing called the Rocky Mountain Brew News from mm-hmm. Colorado, and Jim Parker was the editor. Yep. <laughs> so when they moved to Fort Collins. Uh, Parker. So I think here's Parker. Parker. All right. God damn it. Great dude. Anyway. Such a good dude. So anyway, he helped me get a start in brewing. You know, he knew all the players. Well, first thing he did was hire me for a bartender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is at the Mountain Sun? The Mountain Tap. Mountain Tap. Mountain Tap Tavern. So yeah. anyway, and um, 
started working and got to know the brewers down there, Doug O'Dell and Sandy Jones, and, you know, a couple of other people, Jeff Labesh from New Belgium, mm-hmm. and Kim, his wife, who now owns the business. Right. You know, I think she might have business. just sold it. I think she just sold it to the employees. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, she did. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a while ago, but yeah. Yeah. It was an employee-owned mm-hmm. brewery, and they said they're never selling out. Yeah. And actually, Dick Cantwell was dating her. Yeah. But I think he might still be. I don't know. I, I think that he still is, but I don't know that for a fact. Okay, either. yeah. I don't know for that for a fact either. So yeah. I lost touch with a lot of people just being out here, nowhere land. Yeah. <laughs> so did you get yeah. your first professional brewing job in, in Colorado? My first professional brewing job was under Sandy Jones and... Uh, that's where I met Rich Amaker. You know Rich, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, from Left Hand. Well, formerly of Left Hand. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he's in uh, he's in uh, Oregon right now. Oh, he is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen him in years and years. Yeah, and uh, John Legner. He went on to be brewing at uh, Coors Field for uh, the Sandlot thing. Sandlot Brewing Company. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, Sandy Jones passed away like about a year and a half ago. Oh, wow. Didn't know that. That was a sad day. Yeah. Anyway, that's where I got my start. Yeah. And uh, worked there for a few years and moved to Seattle. Yeah. What facility, what what was the reasoning for moving out to Seattle? Did you move out uh, for a job or did you just move out for? No, it was when I was with Sue, my first wife. and. Mm -hmm. Uh, she got a job out there trying to find a job and like went all over every place hails and what year was this because there wasn't a whole lot going on it was 95 95 okay Uh, yeah so i went to a couple places here and there and i don't even think i didn't even apply to the bike actually but um I just got a reference. Uh, oh, oh, Bill Jenkins is leaving to go to the big time. And right. A friend of mine from California said, hey, Fal, I know a brewery just moved to, to Seattle from Colorado. He's looking for a job. Here's his number. Call him up. So Fal Allen called me up today. You want a job? <laughs> <laughs> or come down for an interview. He just thought I'd come for an interview. Came yeah. for an interview, got the job, and that was it. Nice. Hey, Started the pipe. Yeah. That's uh, probably about the time. I can't remember if it was 94 or 95, but I was on my way to Alaska passing through Seattle, and my buddy Bob took me down to the old pipe place on Western. Right. Because yeah. uh, he was like, You got to try the 5X stout. And, yeah, uh, right, yeah. and I cannot remember who it was that we talked to that handed us a beer, you know, cause there was no bar at that point. Right. No, and, no uh, cause that was a yeah, right, crucial yeah. moment for me. Yeah. That moment was a big, big moment. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, Seattle was, was kind of known for being super insular at the time. Uh, I won't say inbred or, uh, uh-huh, right, yeah. or incestuous, but let's but just, everybody say, knew let's just everybody. say insular. Yeah. Yeah. yeah everybody yeah. knew everywhere and the competent brewers, just seemed to jump ship all over the place. You know, you mentioned yeah, right. Dick Cantwell, um, Jason Parker, Bill Jenkins, yeah. Drew Cluley, you, um, you right. know, but the biggest common denominators seemed to be the Pike and yeah. big time. Big time. Yeah. It they were the like, first starting points for everybody. I think. Yeah. I mean, um, even you put in like your, everybody went through the Pike and the big time at one point, it seems like. Right? Yeah. Everybody did. I mean, even you did after you left. Uh, that way, some of it was big time to Pike, some of it was Pike to big time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just talk a bit about what the scene was like when you moved to Seattle in 95. Oh, my God. It was great. It was just like, uh, you know, I, I hadn't had much experience with IPA, you know, and I had the Pike IPA. It's like, well, this yeah. is a... Uh, Pretty bitter. So it's, <laughs> yeah. Those are good. So yeah. That's, that's what Chinook that's, is. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of got hooked on IPA. At first, it was like, well, 
first I couldn't handle drinking the whole thing. So they say, well, I'm going to mix IPA with a stout. <laughs> I told Kevin, try this. Like, like, look, I mix it. IPA with a stout, trying this. He said, oh, that's pretty good. I'm going to call this a skip meds. <laughs> so after that, he's like, oh, can you pour me a skip meds? <laughs> I, I remember <laughs> drinking those okay. post-shift, yeah. But uh, I ended up with Kevin right away. And he's such a cool guy. And, yeah. And, you know, Kevin has always been one of my favorites. And, uh, so then he, he talked me into coming to the big time after I left the pike. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he's like, hey, I need an assistant brewer. Because that's actually at that time, you know, I worked there probably, I don't know, three, at least three years. I don't even remember it quite. Yeah. I mean, the, oh, the corporate took over. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. There was the, everything then, just kind of imploded, and there was that hostile takeover by Sam Smith and, yeah. and uh, Charles and Roseanne. Uh, R.I.P. Roseanne. I don't know. Did you hear that oh, yeah, Roseanne I heard passed about away? That, yeah. yeah. No, R.I.P. Sad. Yeah. Man, losing all kinds of people. I know. Um, so they were the founders of the Pike Place, and uh, and arguably right. a very large reason that uh, our dear listeners uh, have access to great beer today. Right. Uh, exactly. Super Pioneers. super important in this in this uh, country's beer industry. Exactly. For sure. But they were forced out, and things got weird. And people yeah. quit. People uh, got fired. Um, yeah. You know what was what was that time like there? Because I was already up. I had left. I mean, I started. I helped open up the Pike in '96, uh-huh. um, yeah. but then I'd already left, and w- I was yeah. only there for a couple of years. So I was already up here at Boundary. Um, oh, so right. what was that? What was that time like? Well, everything kind of got crazy. It was like the corporate takeover and. All of a sudden, we had to change our beers and recipes, and mm-hmm. Val was like a uh, little like taking it back. It's like, yeah, this is Val uh, Allen now of uh, of Boonville Brewing. Or, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Anderson Valley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Anderson Valley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, they had some guy they called him the Hatchet Man. I can't even remember what his name was. But, Who cares? Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, they were like. Firing people, and but you know they're trying to change the beers and telling him to put sugar in the beer or something to enhance the thing. And I remember Fal telling me the the turning point to him was when he was asked if he could make the stout using the same recipe that was the oh. pale. <laughs> Oh yeah, right. <laughs> he's like, what? Yeah, yeah. and he's like, oh, this is not going to go well. This is not going to go right? <laughs> right? Oh yeah, because we ran out of stout. So, well, can you turn that pail into a stout? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, uh, no, I don't yeah, think so. You're gonna have to wait like four weeks because you guys didn't order enough, and now you're out of it, and you want me to turn my pail into a stout that mm-hmm. is not going to work. It's already in the fermenter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Here's a book and you should read on how beer is made. Yeah. And yeah. All of a sudden, he got fired. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, holy cow. And uh, it was like, Kevin, I think Kevin had just left to go to the big time right mm-hmm. before that all happened. And there was me and Bill uh, Jenkins there. Mm-hmm. And we were two. Only two people who were like the brewers left, and uh, we were trying to make a go of it. And uh, it was just kind of crazy. And they they weren't going to hire either one of us to take Powell's place. They mm-hmm. oh, they're bringing another person to be the head brewer. Right. And so uh, Kevin said, "Hey, uh, you want to come here?" You know, so well, I'm only a citizen and get 20 hours. So, you know what? I will cut back my hours a little bit. And if I give you 30 hours, if you can make it at 30 hours a week, then will that work for you? I said, yeah. Okay, I'm coming. <laughs> so yeah. And this is a big time. The big time. Yeah. And that was amazing. And mm-hmm. Kevin was a great brewer, and we hit it off. And we made a bunch of different things while we were there, and 
you know. So that was a fun time. Big yeah. time. Something else is like it's an icon place too. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and I would love to brew a beer on that system just to say that I brewed it big time <laughs> once. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Probably not going to happen. Was, it was a weird system because you had to, yeah. like... super tight. <laughs> and yeah. then all the way down in the basement, so the beer had to come all the way up. All the way back up. Uh, you, if you had to bring a keg up, you had this little <sighs> thing that went up the stairs, like this little elevator, I don't know, a pulley, pulled it up, <laughs> right. and it could fall down at any time. But it was fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a good time. Yeah. I always saw that as, even though it was a seven barrel system, I saw it as like glorified homebrew setup. You know, it's like yeah. just kind of brewed whatever you wanted there. Yeah. So, kind of in a similar vein, around that time or a little after that, Howard left Boundary Bay. Right, yeah. Ed didn't want to make me the head brewer in the same way mm-hmm. that they didn't want to make you the head brewer down there. Right. And, uh, and so I called you. And, oh, yeah. uh, okay. And that brought you up to Bellingham, which is why we're doing this whole thing. Um, So uh, I guess just talk a bit about that because you came up and you and I worked together again. um, And then, uh, and then I left, but, uh, but just talk about your, talk about the time at Boundary Bay and how that, how that was. Well, uh, I liked Boundary Bay. It was a great, um, First started as being a head brewer and being able to come create my own recipes and everything like that was awesome. You know, it was pretty cool. And, you know, I met Aaron Jacob Smith and a whole bunch of other people. Yeah. It was fun place. And, you know, I, you know, sometimes I think, well, maybe I should have stayed there. But I think that too sometimes. I wanted, but, yeah. but I needed to to make my mark on my own. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like brewing the same beers all the time. And, mm-hmm. uh, then, you know, I had this opportunity to go to Water Street, which is probably- Oh, uh, right, I, right. So it was like, that's the reason I quit there. It's like, oh, well, okay, I can be my own man and do what I want and brew what I want to brew. But mm-hmm. uh, that wasn't, it was pretty short lived and, you know, it was, yeah, it was fun a couple years, a few years. years. <clears throat> it was probably, I don't know, at least let's see, six or eight years, I think. Oh, okay. Somewhere yeah. around there. But, All right. but things got weird. Money. We went under because <laughs> I don't know, a lot of things. I'm yeah. not going to go there. But money. Yeah. Just money issues. Yeah, money, money issues, yeah. <laughs> and uh, after that, you know. Uh, then I went to uh, ABC, American Brewing Company. Right, yeah, in Edmonds, yeah. In Edmonds. Uh, uh, I'm not sure what's up with them right now. I know that... Well, they sold it to... Yeah, uh, a place in Tacoma, Pacific yeah. uh, Pacific Malting. Pacific. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Which is a cool place. Uh, my, Chris and I went down there when we were researching yeah. Subdued. And, uh, yeah. and the brewer down there is this really cool lady. And uh, and the owner was mellow, and they he mentioned actually the day that we were there was the day that they were signing the papers to take over American, and I was like, oh um, wow, really? I'm familiar with that system. Oh, that that thing was done because Neil sold it. Well, first he like got rid of me because my salary is too big. Mm-hmm. Somehow he fired me for brewing a beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it said on my on my uh, termination for slip. firing for brewing a beer. Brewing a beer. Yeah, uh, yeah that, uh, is, that is so my job. So he tried to deny me unemployment. So, and they're like, no. Yeah. Anyway, I think he just wanted my salary gone so he could sell it. Right. I don't know. I just don't know. Just, yeah, yeah. I remember that whole situation being pretty yeah, weird. Yeah, it was bad. Like, okay, well, fine. And then there was a there was a time when you were going to go to New Mexico, or you did go to New Mexico. Yeah, but that, that ended up New being... Mexico was a startup, and you know they promised me the world, whatever. It's like, and it just wasn't happening. You know? Yeah, I got there. We moved all our stuff. We went there, and he's like, "No, it's not going to happen for a while." I was like, "What?" Yeah. He's like, "Well, I can't pay you anymore." I was like, "What?" 
<laughs> you brought me all the way here from Seattle. Yeah. You can't pay me anymore because it's not ready yet. It's like, dude. Yeah. So, like, he's all, can you find another job around here or something? So it's ready. Like, no, I have one. You. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. It's like, uh, no. Like, so anyway, I went to probrewer.com, looked up, see if anybody needed a brewer. All of a sudden, it's uh, La Quinta Brewery. They need a brewer. <laughs> yeah. I went out. I so this is in Palm Desert, just outside um, of Palm Springs, right? Yeah. So I flew out there like Christmas Eve or something. Did an interview. And next week, I moved out January 1st. Loaded up the truck, moved to Palm Springs, California. California <laughs> place you ought to be. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I know it's funny. I mean, you and I talk maybe what twice a year or something like that. And yeah. I knew that you were going to Angel Fire, and yeah. Uh, yeah. but I didn't. But we hadn't spoken in the time that you actually went out there, uh-huh. and then went to Palm Desert because I remember calling you at some point and being like, "Hey, how's it going? Like, how's New Mexico?" And you're like, "Oh, I'm in Palm Desert." Like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> but I thought, <laughs> yeah, and then heard heard the whole debacle. Yeah. <laughs> so um you have this knack for winning awards for your beer. And I mean, of course, yeah. it yeah. you're a great brewer, that doesn't hurt, but not every great brewer always wins awards. Um yeah. at least uh, at at the time of you being at Boundary, I remember that every brewery that you'd ever worked in had won a medal at the GABF. Right. Huh? Um did, I don't know if that bared out after after leaving boundary and everywhere else you went but still that's that's quite yeah. an achievement um and one of your babies was a beer that we brewed at boundary and i distinctly remember you me and aaron sitting at that desk in the back in the brewery brainstorming this beer and that's the dunkelsbach which yeah, uh, yeah. which won the gold medal at the gabf in 2001 right exactly just tell us a bit for, for those who don't know what Dunkelsbach is, and even for those who do, just describe that beer and why it was so important for you to get that right. Well, I have to go all the way back to Jurgen Noller at Bayern Brewing in Missoula. Yeah, which was a predominantly lager brewing. Uh, La- brewing. All he did was brew lager. All he did was lager. He yeah. came over from Germany to yeah. brew it. And he taught me a lot about lagers and mm-hmm. all about the yeast and, you know, have a good pitch of yeast and know your ingredients and have a good malt backbone and don't use so many hops and all this kind of stuff. And it's mm-hmm. just like, no. And one of the first uh, things that got me into uh, brewing was Jurgen. And, well, actually, the first thing I had was went to this import night in Missoula and I had a spot in Doppelbach mm-hmm. and that changed my world. It's like, yeah. you know, I was used to drinking old style or whatever, Rainier and things like that. And I had this Doppelbach and it's like, whoa, this is amazing beer. It's like, man. And I learned that. I said, man, I want to make that beer. Yeah. So it's like a passion of mine to make box and Doppelbachs and Things like that. So I like that dark, malty flavor. And so it's just a passion of mine to make them good. And I learned about all the, pretty much about how to do the yeast thing from Jurgen mm-hmm. and just lager and line up. What was so, it specifically uh, about the, the, the Dunkelbach that you really wanted to? wanted to nail because we could have done a Hellas Bach. I remember we were just like talking about yeah. all the different box that we could have done, but right. but you distinctly chose that darker version of that. Was it just because it's just a little more full bodied and just yeah. Satisfied? yeah. A full body thing, a little stronger, full bodied and you know, it was always my favorite style. So mm-hmm. that's what I want. I've had my box before, but thank you. <laughs> 
I just got them pretty fresh. <laughs> Yay, refreshments. <laughs> it's good to Thanks, see your face. <laughs> I have a great life. <laughs> it's awesome. She's tending to the ribs right now. So. Uh, it's an important job. But anyway, back to the Doppelbach yeah. and the Dunkelsbach at Boundary. You know, I just, you know, I had kind of a recipe from, well, actually, when I went to AC Burger, Sandy Jones is really into lagers too. So, um, so we did a few lagers there and we did a Bach and we always talked about it. And uh, one time he told me, he's like, oh, did you ever try this beer? It's called Umlach Bach. It's like, no, I never heard of it. He's like, no, there's no such thing. <laughs> he's always pulling my leg. <laughs> he was hilarious. You know, he's like, always making jokes. You know, but we we bonded because we both like lagers. And, you know, yeah. So did he, we go up to uh, Did we go up to Fort Collins one time when we were at GBF and, yes, we and did. see him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I do remember him now. I didn't yeah. know that he passed though. Yeah. Was uh, did you continue making your version of that of that Dunkelsbach at uh, at like La Quinta? Um, I changed it up a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but kind of. I don't uh, remember the grist bill. I'll be, I'll be honest. <laughs> from I, 20 years ago, I, I don't remember. remember it from Boundary Bay either. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, made it up on my own. Yeah. I could go back uh, and find that grist bill for when you start homebrewing again. Uh, I'll go in there and, and, and pull that and get it to you. Yeah. But I actually won uh, another gold medal at uh, La Quinta for my back, too. So. Nice. That's actually, right. I remember seeing that because I check it out every year. Few of them, actually, but anyway, uh, I digress. But yeah, I'm all, I was all about the lagers and especially the Bach. You know, it was just always been one of my favorite styles. All right. Well, um, let's take a little break and we'll be right back and get on to the second half questions. Okay. Okay, we're back. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> so, uh, so let's let's talk beer. So we'll start at the beginning. Do you remember the first beer that you ever had? Wow. Okay. Um, the first beer I ever had. Um, well, I remember Uncle Bob drinking beer when I was a kid. I asked him what he was drinking. He said, beer. I, say, I think it was ham or something. I don't know. He said, you want to try it? I tried it. I was like, eh. you know, yeah. I was probably 10 years old or something. <laughs> I didn't really like it. But, yeah. but anyway, um, back when I was a teenager, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, I was more interested. In and oh, I went to uh, Buddy's house, and he uh, we were going to this event in high school. I think it was a junior high school, sophomore, junior, something. Anyway, it's like, man, to cold my dad's beers <laughs> from the refrigerator. So mm-hmm. we had one of the beers and said, hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. It's probably a, a Bud or an Old Style or something. Anyway, old Style. But yeah. Old Style was kind of back in Chicago. And then I, you know, started drinking beer and I decided I like old style for some reason. There's mm-hmm. straws and old style. There's like but that's Michigan beer and old styles brewed in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Right. By that time my aunt and uncles moved to Wisconsin. So nice. Back then I didn't know much about beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're probably one of the few people that that I've talked to that remembers Michelob Classic Darks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I mean, you had a cat named Michelob. <laughs> I did. You're right. <laughs> you remember that. I do. Good. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, there's like um, the next door neighbors had cats named Chianti and the two after wine. <laughs> so they go, oh, I want to name my cat after beer. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a dog down the street named Reaper. <laughs> You had all your bases covered. You were doomed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, 
I digress. Uh, back to that's all we uh, do. Beers, and then I then I started experimenting a little with like uh, little kings. Mm, mm-hmm. And those are pretty good. Yeah, the little cream ales. Yeah, How many people ale. remember those? Just like coming in yeah. those little like six or eight ounce bottles. Yeah, yeah. Then somebody brought me some point beer from Point Stevens Point, Wisconsin. And uh, the only place you could get them was in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. So, huh. so I was like, oh, those are pretty good. It's kind of almost crap. They're still, you know, pretty much, you know, American beer sort mm-hmm. of thing. Actually, when I actually got to Missoula, I was drinking Rainiers and things like that. But then when I joined the hockey team, I was telling you about my buddy Dave, and uh, he was my defenseman. I was the goalie, and uh, but we hung out a bit, and he started getting into beers. So he'd buy like European beers, and yeah. Uh, so we, one time we bought this little keg, like a one liter keg that you have the spot from Dinkelocker from Germany or something. Dinkelocker, and we. We drank that. I was like, hey, this is pretty good. <laughs> so yeah. it started getting into more German beers than yeah. was uh what was the beer that, that flipped the switch for you? What you know, where you drank it and you're like, I need to know how to do that. You mentioned your buddy Dave. Um, yeah. was it his homebrew that that inspired you to start brewing essentially? Yeah. It yeah. was his homebrew. He's like, You can do this at home. Yeah. I, yeah, okay. But I think it was the Doppelbach that I first had in Missoula that like really got me to like wow this is a great beer and, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't even think I could even brew that until right. Dave said that you can brew beer at home so, and that was what flipped the switch for me yeah and uh, so I started brewing and I was hooked yeah uh, totally uh, What's your, uh, I mean, that might actually answer this question. What's your favorite beer to brew? I think the first thing I would brew. Would the first thing you IPA. will brew. The first thing I will brew is probably <laughs> an, is an IPA. <laughs> because it'll be done quicker than a double box. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, you got to get a backlog of things in there. <laughs> yeah. um, what's your uh, What's your favorite beer to drink? beer in my hand (laughs) (laughs) yep i'll drink to that (laughs) cheers to freedom what um (laughs) this is one of my favorite questions what's your uh as drinking wise what's your guilty pleasure uh uh, beer wise or other anything any drink wise anything drink wise like what's your guilty pleasure where you drink this and you're like oh man if anyone knew well hmm. probably a margarita yeah but i've been in mexico for a while sure yeah yeah (laughs) but sometimes i just like to have a gin on the rocks you like okay yeah that's another one it's like sometimes i'm in the mood for gin like and my go-to is probably beef eater because it has that juniper mm-hmm. flavor. Yeah, nice. But, nice. Um, otherwise, I like a good stout, you know, and I like a good double back, obviously. But yeah. They're few and hard to find. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, 5X Stout was the, that yeah. was the beer that flipped the switch for me. Um, that yeah. moment, that moment, yeah. standing there on Western and just having my mind I was heading to Alaska to essentially like restart my life, and uh-huh. and I had just my mind blown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know it was a great beer. I love the five. Oh, it's uh, so good, so yeah. good. You gave me the recipe at one point, and I've never made it at, on a home level, yeah. uh, but I, I want to. Yeah. I've, uh, I've, I've kind of duplicated over the years. Oh yeah. Well, we'll talk. Uh, you know, we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk at some point because I wanna. I wanna brew it this winter. I wanna brew like. I'm pretty sure it's morphed it. over time. It's probably wouldn't even taste the same. As, uh, yeah. No, I'm I've looking. For, now, looking for the old. I'm looking for the old one. Yeah. 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 We'll we'll, we'll chat about that like in October. You would like that. November. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I, I want to brew that. 
what is the best post hockey game beer? Best? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, Pilsner, just drink it down. Yep. You know, you even if rehydrate. it's deep beer, uh, it's fine. Yeah. Yep. I'll drink a Coors or something. But that's to be <laughs> banquet, not Coors Light. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But anyway, so the Coors Banquet comes up quite a bit PBR, in this podcast. PBR yeah. is a good one for yeah. after that. Yeah. Uh-oh. My battery's running low. Uh-oh. Anyway, uh, um, a PBR after a, a game was always good. Something like nice. That. I used to bring some American brewing blonde in uh, in growlers for the boys because mm-hmm. they like that. So yeah, a few of them yeah. like IPAs, so I'd, I'd bring like maybe a couple a couple blondes and an IPA for the hard cars. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> After drinking hockey, so, drinking yeah. beer. Yeah, um, you might have already answered this, but do you have a brewing hero or a favorite brewery right now? Mm, I have a few. But <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned Sandy, obviously. Um, Sandy Jones is a brewing hero for me. Jurgen Noller is a brewing hero for me. Uh, Val Allen's a brewing hero for me. Sure. I mean, yeah. I've learned a lot along the way. In the, right. You know, I can't pinpoint any one brewer being my brewery hero, but along the way, I've met so many good brewers. Yeah. Everybody shapes it. Yeah. And I try to pay it for it too, and teach brewers that that are under me to. Yeah. I've learned from teachers, but I like to be a teacher and teach other people what I've learned from other teachers. Uh, you know, right. I'm not sure if I can pinpoint any yeah. one That's brewer fine. or brewing hero, but maybe uh, all changed my life along the way. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I've evolved over these years too, from when I first started, and learn and try to learn from everybody. Yeah. And just by going out and drinking other people's beer and say, "Hey, I love this beer. I want to try to duplicate it," and then I go and try to yeah, reverse engineer it. What yeah. what goes into it and what I liked about it or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know, brewing is such a great experience that I've had, you know, and I've learned a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's it's certainly one of the things that is uh, that shaped my life, and uh, and you were definitely a part of that. Uh, so, what is your favorite grain? My favorite grain? Uh, well, I kind of like a Weirman Pilsner Law. Mm-hmm. Uh, all kinds of lagers. It's just a base malt. Yeah, and the Munich there too. So I I think there I might be biased because I actually went to the environment uh, malting plant and everything for a hundred year party. And nice. They're really nice. And just and I love their malts and I got to use them when I was at uh, La Quinta Brewery. That's what we had to mm-hmm. make my lagers and make my pills there in my box and things like that. And, yeah. and I think as far as German uh, malts, they're amazing. And yeah. I even use the Munich malts in my uh, um, ales. You know? mm-hmm. Even my uh, IPA, I use Munich and Vienna uh, environment in my IPA. So, so. Yeah. My Vienna uh, lager is almost 100% vi- environment Vienna. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Environment. And man, uh, I really love the smoked beers in uh, Bomberg. What's uh, what's your favorite hop? Uh, Citra, right now. Citra, okay. Yeah, I mean that's always evolving, but yeah. Uh, what about yeast? Yeast, uh, well, mainly depends on what I'm brewing, I suppose. Right. Uh, I know all these are unfair questions. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I would say oh, if I'm doing an ale, I always like just the California ale yeast. Mm-hmm. And if I'm doing a lager, it would be the Bavarian lager yeast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's nice and clean, super quick. Yeah. So where, you know, I mean, now especially it's kind of an interesting time and you just bowed out of the industry, but I know that you're 
keeping tabs on what's going on. And right, you, yeah. just, you mentioned earlier before we started uh, our actual conversation that you were going to be going to brew with your, uh, with your old assistant at La Quinta, uh, where he is now uh, next right. week. Um, where do you see the brewing industry in five years? Like, what do you think is going to be the short term future? Well, uh, that's a good question, you know, because it seems like um, with all these new things like seltzers and people being on diets and everything, and then all of a sudden it's all the hazy craze and mm-hmm. things are getting all fruity and different. So I just don't know, you know. I'm more of a traditionalist and I like beer that tastes like beer. Mm-hmm. And I don't yeah, know. Both. I don't know what the industry is gonna do. If there's gonna be a backlash, back. And I know there's a lot of purists. I joined this thing called uh, what is it? IPA. <laughs> West Coast IPA is dead. It was like on <laughs> uh, on Facebook or something. So like, but everybody's posting the real West Coast IPAs. And, you know, taking a picture of themselves. The West Coast IPA. So there is a whole bunch of people, the movement, to keep the West Coast IPA alive. and um, I think it'll stay alive. Yeah. Yeah. And I think traditionally, traditional beers will stay alive. People will get over the fad beers and everything, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know. There's always, there's always darlings of the moment or the decade. Uh, right, yeah. But, so. uh, yeah, I'm with you. When I taste a beer, I want to taste a beer. Yeah, right. the, the, the whole thing. The whole thing, right? <laughs> I don't need any fruit in it, except if you're talking about like a Lindemann sour. Or, you know, sure, like, sure. That's a whole different uh, realm. But, yeah. Know. Yep. So, anyway. Well, tell us something that we don't know. And uh, this could be anything from a beer or brewery related. That you don't know? No. Uh, Something that you don't know that I did, I got to hang out with Charlie Papazian. Oh yeah, <laughs> from you know. When was but, when was that? This was when I moved to Fort Collins, Colorado, yeah. and he had this thing called Beer and Steer. Mm-hmm. And if you're a home brewer, you get together with another brewer, and you can brew a keg of beer, but it had to be a full keg, and. Uh, you bring it to this event and then they put your beer on tap and you had a full pig and a full cow that they barbecued and but you had to stay there. So it was like a key master. So you had right, to right. drop your keys so you couldn't leave once you got there. <laughs> you couldn't leave for the weekend. Uh, and they had awesome. a, hot, a hot tub, they had <laughs> bells and a generator and <laughs> It was a crazy freaking weekend. <laughs> no, nobody ever knew about it. But it yeah. Steer, but you had to be in the homebrew club. I was in the, uh, uh, what's it called? The Mash Tongues homebrew of uh, Fort Collins. And then there's a Boulder homebrew club. And they got together and Charlie put this whole thing on. Nice. Uh, That's great. Was, Pretty cool brewing experience. One of the best brewing experiences. Sure. That's, so, anyway, that's awesome. That's something you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good answer. Um, so wrapping this up, uh, is there any advice for people uh, who either want to be more like a Wookie or for any aspiring <laughs> professional brewers? <laughs> Even though you got more of the Gandalf vibe going going right now. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. All I got to say is keep it clean. Um, make sure everything's clean, sanitized. Yeah, uh, don't cut corners. Don't cut corners. And yeah, maybe it takes you a while. Maybe get a stuck mat and mm-hmm. stick with it, so to speak. <laughs> uh, just make it through the brew. Yeah, it's like learning to cook. You're going to have failures. Yeah, right. You might have a failure, but stick with it. Yeah. Next time, you know, change what you did before. But anyway, happy brewing and 
for all you brewers out there, you know, keep on brewing. <laughs> totally. Well, um, Skip, thanks so much for, for joining us today. I know everybody's going to be super stoked to, to hear your voice again. Um, is there all anything right. that I missed that you'd like to add? I got to mention Aaron Jacob Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, was a, uh, uh, one of my uh, favorite brewing partners also. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've had a few Kevin Forehand, you know, I can't forget to mention him. I don't know. I probably have already, but <laughs> yeah, uh, Kevin's one of my favorite and, people, you know, Charles Spangle and his, his two, uh, Roseanne. And, yeah, sorry. totally. Yeah. They were just up here a couple of years ago to give a chat at, um, at, uh, at Aslan brewing. And, uh, it was really great to reconnect with them. Um, yeah, so yeah definitely, definitely RIP Roseanne. Yeah. Speaking of that, I, I forgot one more thing. I got to go one time in the early days, we got to go to the cellar. I don't know if you were there when, he had like a Christmas party or something. And we at their house in the cellar down there? House. That was an incredible <laughs> moment. Yeah. Oh, one more thing was uh, Danny from the GABF. Um, he used to be uh, like a beer steward and stuff, but he had this little cave. Um, was, uh, it was an old mine, but he had all these beers stashed away <laughs> in the beer cellar. And uh, Jim Parker and I went there and he's like, Go ahead and take any of the beers you want. And Jim Parker and I were in the in this little cave down there and just drinking all kinds of beers. <laughs> that was a great time. And we took a few beers away from it. But nice. Unfortunately, Danny died, and oh. and the cellars no more. But yeah, that was sad news. But anyway, brewing highlight of my days. Yeah, nice. <laughs> one of my favorite memories hanging out with you. Oh, I have a bunch of memories of hanging out with you, but uh, um, there's two that come immediately to mind. And the first is when I met Jim Parker, uh, yeah. because I met him through you, uh-huh. but we were at, uh, we were at the Oregon Brewers Festival uh-huh. and I, I, you had talked about him before right. and, uh, and I just remember standing outside of the gate on whatever road that is that uh, that the park that that park is on. Yeah. And I heard from behind me, Skip. <laughs> and I turned around, <clears throat> and as I turned around, my very first memory of Jim Parker is him in midair, right. already launched into the air. Right. Like yeah. fully extended, coming at you like a spider monkey, <laughs> and then landing on your back, <laughs> and just uh, and, and just you know you reacting to that, <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" <laughs> and then of course that, that was Jim Parker and. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was. I felt very fortunate um, that once he moved up here, like we actually became friends yeah. on our, you know, on our own. I actually, right. um, I have like weeks yeah. before he got the stroke. He had the stroke. Uh-huh. Um, wow. He called me and left a voicemail, and it was just stereotypical Parker. Um, yeah. You know, he wanted to me to come brew a beer with him down in, in Portland. And, uh, you know, he's driving along and he's like, I was just thinking about you and blah, blah, blah. And I've kept that. I still have that. Um, yeah. 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 I, miss him. I miss him too. Yeah. I mean, he had, uh, Bellingham was not kind to him, uh, in the big picture, but, uh, but I was sure thankful that he was here. Yeah. And, right. um, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that part I'll I'll include. But the part that I won't include is uh, is when we were going down to Boonville, driving in your Jetta. Oh wait, I was just going to mention that. <laughs> Actually, that was, it was say that, remember it was going you, me, Jetta Zed, and Steph. 
and uh, we had that three gallon keg in the back yeah. that I had the I was the bartender, and the tap yeah. was coming through the <laughs> through the through back the seat, <laughs> right. and we were it was gone. It was yeah. gone like not far after Seattle, and uh, and I just remember we were looking for a place to camp. And, and we, we drove down this the, dirt road and we ended oh up at this at this gate that said <laughs> warning <Yeah. laughs> uh, inmates could be on the loose. Do not pick up a chicken. Yep. That was that was that was a fun time. Yeah. yeah. I was just thinking of that too. <laughs> that was pretty fun. <laughs> Super fun. Food bill. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, hey, man. Thanks. Thanks so much. And uh, I, I hereby promise to uh, to make you sound smart. Such a good time catching up. I really wish I could have tried those ribs, but another time. When you've been friends for so long, it's easy to forget about things. For example, looking back now, uh, we didn't even really talk about hockey with Skip. Unforgivable. Amazing. Anyway. Thanks to Skip for taking the time out on a holiday, even though every day is a holiday for him now, and getting us up to speed on what's going on in his world. You heard us mention the passing of Roseanne Finkel. She was half of the duo that is Merchant Devan and Pike Brewing down in Seattle. She and her husband, Charles Finkel, are largely responsible for bringing quality beers into the U.S. starting in the late 70s. I think 78 was when they started or something like that. Sam Smith, Iyengar, Orval, Lindemans, Rochefort, Westmall, you can thank them for all of that. Add to that the opening of the Pike Place Brewery back in 1989, now the Pike, and you can get an appreciation for all that they did and continue to do. She was a generous and warm person, and she will be missed. So thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with a mini-cast where I will drone on about something, I'm sure. As always, reach me at Dave at TapTrail.com or on Facebook at the Tapped In Beercast page or on Instagram at Tapped In Beercast and be a part of next episode's discussion. And I swear, I'm, I think I'm going to delve into the world of Twitter. I just, you know, kicking and screaming. Seriously. But anything goes. Beer questions, guest requests, the difference between a Cat 5E and Cat 6 Ethernet cable, whatever. It's a conversation after all, not a lecture. And of course, don't forget to rate and give us all the stars on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, YouTube Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your rambling content. And hey, if you take the time to review us, make sure I know and I'll read your review during the minicasts. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Stay safe. Stay responsible, don't be a jerk, and make sure you're registered to vote. Cheers.